Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. Here at the Business Creators Radio Show, we help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Be sure to check out our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and explore our episodes, which cover a breadth and depth of topics relevant to business creators just like you. Also, check us out on your favorite syndication network. We are on a lot of them. And be sure to tune in for fresh episodes every week. Today, we're going to dive into a topic that I've actually wanted to have on this show for a while. And today's guest is somebody who you're going to thoroughly enjoy, and you're going to appreciate that I had to kind of go through hell and high water to pin this one down. This is somebody who's very much in demand, somebody who is doing a lot of work right now, particularly with law firms, helping them to improve their conversions. And that's what we're going to be speaking about today is law firm conversions. And you're going to discover, among other things, one of the secrets of growing a law firm. And the reason I'm sharing this on Business Creators Radio Show is not only for the many attorneys who tune in every week, but also for other professional services firms because some of these tactics are transferable. What we discover is that what is often left behind or often given short shrift in our marketing design is the client intake staff. That would be the people who are on the front lines dealing with the prospects, helping them find their own decision to invest in you. And today's guest is going to help you come through and really understand what needs to be done for client intake staff to make them more effective in contributing to your revenues and your profits. Her name is Chris Mullins. She is the author of a, firm, author of a book rather, called Law Firm Conversions. She's known as the phone sales doctor. So Chris, as you guessed, is a sales and marketing expert. She is also the founder, in addition to law firm conversions, of the Intake Academy and Mullins Media Group. For more than 30 years, through her proprietary and guided trainings and programs, Chris, along with her team, has helped hundreds of law firms around the country convert more prospects into profitable clients. In law firm conversions, she covers every aspect of what any lawyer needs to do to ensure his phone calls the first touch point with clients, convert to become profitable clients. Chris delivers this information with energy and passion, along with a no-hold-barred approach. And with that, we'd like to invite Chris Mullins in. Chris, come on in. The weather's fine. All right. Thank you so much, Adam. I do appreciate it. Oh, you bet. You bet. Now, by now, some of our listeners may be leaning in. They may have a separate browser tab open. And they're binging to Google trying to discover more about this Chris Mullins and this law firm conversions and this phone sales doctor and everything else. So what we'd like to do is like to give them a hand before we dive into some of the core of what we're going to cover today. And let's hear, Chris, a little bit about your story and your journey and what brought you to where you are and how you serve business creators from your intersection of your growing and your passion today. So really, what brought you here? So um, so you're talking about, like, how I got started in this business? Yeah, yeah, your personal journey. What has uh, propelled you to this okay. point where you are here today? Okay. So um, I've been doing uh, this business, Law Firm Conversions, uh, for 25 years now. 
And uh, prior to that, I was in the newspaper industry business for 10 years. And um, I started out as a receptionist in newspapers and then worked my way to classified advertising, which was inbound uh, sales phone calls and outbound sales phone calls in, like, in a call center. And over a period of 10 years um, in the newspaper industry, I built up quite a reputation um, so much so that other newspapers tried to get me to leave the paper I was at so I could go work with them because I started out as a receptionist and got all the way up to publisher for 21 newspapers. And um, that was just, you know, self-taught and just really working hard and um, learned a lot in classified advertising and, and working in call centers. And then um, I thought I was really smart, so I figured I would just cold turkey stopped doing my newspaper business jobs, and um, I was doing some public speaking for trade organizations for newspapers, and they, you know, they loved it, and they wanted me to write articles, and I thought, you know what, I could start my own business. So cold turkey, I just quit the newspapers, started my own business with no business plan. It's not something I recommend that you do. It was just uh, the way right. I did it. And... Um, very much so what I started to do is started consulting for newspapers, teaching them how to improve their conversions in sales and classified advertising um, and just, you know, face-to-face, nose-to-nose, toe-to-toe sales in general. But the newspaper market wasn't really a great market for training for me. And then when the Internet came along and I started getting all kinds of different leads, just opting in like, um, you know, Blue Cross Blue Shield and the airlines and casinos and car dealerships and home improvement and dental practices. So I started to get away from newspapers and worked with all of these different types of businesses, teaching the same thing about inbound sales calls and outbound sales calls. Many of them call it intake. Some of them didn't. And um, But it's the same difference. These are businesses spending money on marketing to get their phones to ring to get leads. And so I was training them, and as I was training them, and I'm actually training the CEOs um, at that level um, when I was providing the, the conversion training programs. But one of the things that I noticed was I got to a point where I was at a crossroads with all of these companies because the main thing that I was telling them to do, they wouldn't do it. And I was telling them to do what we call RMFD, and that stands for Record Monitor Feedback Daily. Now, most of the companies that I was Uh coaching on sales had a call monitoring system already in place. They were already recording their prospect calls. And they agreed with me that they needed to monitor and listen to those calls and give feedback to the team to help them and to catch anything that was going wrong, which would improve conversions but they just never, ever got around to doing it. So I was either going to stop doing what I was doing or I had to figure something else out. So what I did is I drove to Radio Shack in the town that I still live in today, (laughs) and I told the guys behind the counter to show me how to record a phone call. So they sold me a shoebox cassette player, a bunch of cassettes, some batteries, and an adapter for my telephone that would go into the recorder so I could record phone calls. And I said, no, 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 you don't understand. I'd like you to show me right here while I'm standing here how to record a phone call. So we went ahead and we called my house. And that started us, or me actually, just me by myself, doing mystery calls. So we started to do 
mystery calls to the businesses that wanted us to provide the sales training, the phone sales training. We would pretend to be a prospect, a client, or a prospective patient and record mystery calls. But it was just me doing it solo. I was I was uh, right. doing mystery calls for like 100, 100 businesses a month and um, mailing cassettes to these businesses to get them to listen to them, and they still wouldn't listen to the calls. Then I bought a bunch of cassette players that were really inexpensive and shipped them out, and they still didn't listen. Then I went ahead and transcribed every single call and sent stacks of transcriptions with my critiques out to them, and they still didn't listen. So fast forward, now we have a team. We don't do mystery calls anymore. Occasionally some people do like the mystery calls, but a lot of companies have call tracking in place where they have their um, marketing leads are already being recorded, so we get access to them, and we listen to calls, and we score the calls, and we review them, and we provide training. But that is a very fast way to tell you how I got from starting to today. Yeah, and that is quite a journey, so I really appreciate you sharing that with us. And uh, I've known you for some time, and even I discovered a few interesting things about you. And I appreciate the RMFD concept, and, you know, I find it amazing that this is a such an important thing for law firm owners, attorneys with firms, uh, professional service providers, to leave this gaping hole in their conversion strategy. So they're focused on, let's get more leads, let's get more leads, let's get the good leads. We want the Glen Gary Glenrock leads. We want more traffic to our website. Okay, it's great that you get all this stuff, but then what do you do with it? Uh, you actually sabotage the deal because the folks on the front lines are making mistakes they don't even know they're making and don't even have a frame of reference uh, where they're not giving them the proper training on how to handle an incoming prospect. I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of gaps here that we leave open. One of the reasons I was so excited that you're willing to come join us on the Business Creators Radio Show today is that you have some of this expertise. So although this show is primarily for attorneys, I do want to just make sure that we understand that there is a broadness to the general concept of what you're sharing with us today. Your latest book, Chris, is called Law Firm Conversions. By, as I said, I also know you work with dentists and other professionals. So why do you think, going along perhaps with what you just shared with us, something that's been around as long as the telephone has become forgotten as a sales tool? Yeah, you know, it's still forgotten. It absolutely is. And um, and it's not it's not just in the legal business, but the thing is, you know, the the leaders of the businesses, the leaders of the law firms are so focused on doing what their competition is doing, um, throwing money, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, and in some case millions of dollars on marketing to get leads to come in. They're so focused on that and um, only thinking about that that they completely forgot that there is a telephone that's going to ring when those leads actually come in. So they never put the telephone on the checklist. And I think that they just still don't know how to give value to the front office, to the frontline team members, even starting with the receptionist for those businesses that have a receptionist and then transfer calls to intake. The receptionist position and the intake positions they are not, they're not respected. 
Um, they're not thought of the way they need to be thought of. Um, quite frankly, if you didn't have an intake team, uh, there's no need to have a law firm or any lawyers. You would just be out of business. But it's, it's still old school. They treat uh, even intake specialists like they're receptionists. And um, they just don't pay attention to the hard work that they do every, every single day. They completely forgot about them. And it's been like that for hundreds of years. It's, it hasn't gone away. Uh-huh. Yeah, and what I thought of as you were saying that last thing, especially when we talk about the people who answer the, the phones on the front line, is that same person who is the first voice that the, piece, that the caller will hear when they dial in, that person gets told, oh, don't get out of line. You're just a receptionist. Okay, well, hell, if I'm just a receptionist, all right, then my job is to ascertain who the caller is and who they're calling for and punch them through. I don't even have to say thank you. Because, hey, that's my job. My job is to receive them and get them where they need to go. So right there, just in that small opportunity to engage somebody and make somebody feel that they're being welcomed, just because they picked up the phone and called your firm, you're missing an opportunity. So I know what you teach, Chris, goes way beyond that, but I can see the seeds of the problem just in what you said right there. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's just, they just, it's kind of like um, the stepchild um, intake teams, intake call centers. Um, they're just, they usually, they're, they're still thought of as the gals in the back of the room. And there's, there's just not enough respect for them and what they do in, in most, in most law firms. And the thing is that the intake specialists, especially at the law firm, they are dealing with so much trauma that um, it's, it's just it's scary. They don't get crisis management training or suicide training or anything like that. And the kinds of phone calls that they're getting are phone calls like, you know, my, my dad just backed up in the driveway and um, rolled over our two-year-old son and our, our two-year-old son is dead. And that, or you know, my um, my husband two days ago was hit by somebody, a hit and run. He was walking across the street with our dog, and he's dead. Or um, maybe somebody that wants to commit suicide and is saying, "Look, at I got a gun in my hand right now." So these intake specialists are highly, you know, highly um, functioning and intelligent people that have to talk people down and still convert them if they qualify to be a client at that firm. And, and they take on the trauma of these crises, of these people calling. So their, their goal is to help that person calling under every circumstance, even if the firm can't help them. You still want to hang up that call knowing that you help them. But at the same time, there is nobody helping the intake specialist because they don't even listen to the call recordings, and they have no idea. If you sat down and had a conversation, the managing partners, they would, they would agree, yeah, we know what that goes on. But they don't listen to the calls, so they have no idea what's really going on with these intake specialists. Wow. That, see, that, I've said many times that not only am I the host of the Business Creators Radio Show, but I'm going to be in the front row with the audience with my pen and my notepad out, too, in case I catch something. 
And in all the years of studying marketing, particularly let's use personal injury attorneys as in this, this an example, I never really thought of what you just said. See, with let's you know using personal injury attorneys, they are worth studying because they have some of the most innovative marketing, and sometimes it's the simplest forms of marketing. It's the uh, it's the use of neuro linguistic programming, it's the use of simplicity and repetition that gets you to automatically associate that attorney's name and their face with personal injury law. So that if you find yourself in need of a personal injury attorney, they're going to be the one you think of. Uh, I can give you a, uh, I can give you a couple thoughts on this, like with personal injury attorneys, they're the type of attorney that you don't need until you get hurt. But oh, if you need them, you're hurt. Uh, going back to what you said about you have people in crisis, people in trauma. Uh, so I think of some of the attorneys out there that are well-known in the personal injury marketing space, one of which is Edgar Snyder, who's based in southwestern Pennsylvania. I remember growing up in Pittsburgh and seeing all those commercials for Edgar Snyder where he's, as he's moving his arm up and moving his finger forward, so he points to the screen, he says, there's no fee unless we get money for you. And here in Las Vegas, Nevada, where I'm based now, there are a few personal injury attorneys who do a lot of marketing. Uh, one example is Glenn Lerner, and he has two phrases that pretty much everybody who's lived in Las Vegas for any amount of time knows. Interact, need a check, and one call, that's all. And he has that really cheesy jingle with all his commercials where basically they sing his telephone number over and over again. The reason they do this is so you remember that jingle and you remember the telephone number, so when you are in a crisis and you are hurt, that's the number you will naturally call. Um, it's 877-1500, and they have a whole jingle that makes that rhyme with other words. So do you remember that? So that's all well and good. So now you're feeding all these people into this pipeline with amazing marketing, and these firms that I mentioned, they may be doing very well if their clients take steps. I don't know. I've never had a need to call either one of them. Uh, but I can say that there are a lot of firms out there that will do all this work on marketing with the easy-to-remember phone number, the simple and, and uh, trance-like marketing, but then the people who answer the phones aren't even trained in crisis. I never thought of that. Never thought of that. That is profound. Yeah, and the, 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 other, thing, the other thing to say is that here's, here's the deal, is we've spent all this money on marketing to get the phone to ring, to get the leads to opt in, and we have to remember and realize, and this is the same in every business, law firms, personal injury firms, any type of firm, and in any type of business, we only have one shot. We've got one shot because there, there are no do-overs. When that lead gets to that intake specialist, there's no do-overs. They've got one shot to treat that call like gold and to nail it. And they have to do it with empathy and love and care and concern and using scripts but not sounding scripted and listening to the stories and providing concern to each person and, you know, repeating back what people are saying and Right. understanding what that person's emotional pain is. Everybody has emotional pain, a personal motivator that makes them decide today and now is the day I'm going to dial that number 
to get to the law firm or whatever the business is. So today's the day. So something happened in their world, in their life, right now today, even though they've had this problem for days, weeks, months, maybe even years, they finally decided today's the day I'm going to call because something erupted in their universe that made them tip over and make that decision, that emotional decision. So you, you only right. have them at that moment. And then when you hang up, if you didn't nail it, Ritz Carlton at the top all the way to the bottom, it's over. I think a lot of us have experience where we know that what we need is the help. We need the support. We need to engage somebody. We have a problem that needs solved. And we're less concerned with who solves the problem than the fact that the problem gets solved. And the thing is, this is why firms want to be on the front page of Google, because they want to be uh, the first one identified. This is why they're now starting to pay attention to actually, like, really pay attention to other search engines, such as DuckDuckGo and Bing and using social media search applications as search engines on LinkedIn, on Facebook, which is why they have business pages that have, like, three likes on them, but at the same time, that business page is keyworded so that it shows up in searches for people looking for that thing that they offer. You know, if it's a law firm, it's the type of law that they offer in the geographic area where they offer it. And I can go through a list of law firms I'd want to call. First one that answers the phone or calls me back in a way that I like is probably going to get my business. I may tell myself I'm going to go through some big analytical process of scoring and comparing and everything else, but the reality is, and let's look at ourselves and acknowledge this, is the first firm that you feel comfortable with is the one that's going to get your business. Yeah, and the thing is, too, Adam, is um, prospective clients will call three to five of law firm's competitors before they make their final decision. So they're going to call uh -huh. those that, that number of firms, and they're going to make notes on how they felt, because this is a relationship business, how they felt about each firm. And when they're done doing their due diligence, they're going to go, here's how they make their decision. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. And, that, and that's exactly how they do it, unless, wow. unless you are the law firm that blew them away. You have to be a law firm that doesn't sound like a law firm and totally stand out. And then there is no eeny, meeny, miny, mo. It's hands down. They choose you. And that's the thing that law firms have to understand. You're not in the legal business. You're in the relationship yeah. and healing business. That's the business that you're in. Right. Right, right. And, you know, one other thing that came to mind, and then I want to get into some steps here for our audience to consider, is I used to work for a company that managed behavioral health care services, and I was in the department uh, that handled community relations and provider training. This put me in direct contact with not only the providers who rendered mental health services, but also some of the recipients of those mental health services. And in some cases, that involved them calling one of the extensions that rang to me uh, because they wanted to be confirmed to attend a community meeting for which they were getting paid to attend as part of the welfare program. And 
is because I was being brought into direct contact with people with active mental health diagnoses, I was given some training on how to handle a suicidal person. But when that day, when I got that phone call, and it started with that person who just wanted to confirm that they were one of the first 50 people to call in so they would get the reimbursement to attend that community meeting, then they started with, yeah, you know, I'm so glad that I was one of the first 50 because my life has really been bad lately, and I have a rope hanging in my closet, and I formed a noose, and I'm really thinking about sticking my head in it. In other words, a suicide call. I'm not a yeah. clinician, and I had a little bit of training on how to keep them calm, but I only knew just enough to get their commitment to stay on hold with me while I literally ran over to the to the to the uh, to the member relations department and said, "Guys, I got I got I got somebody who's on the line here who's thinking about off themselves. I need to transfer this call now." I only knew enough to get that suicidal person's commitment to not kill themselves while they waited on hold for me to get somebody. So imagine I was not supposed to actually receive those calls. I was given that training on a just-in-case basis. But imagine you're dealing with your client intake and you're dealing with people who are in a state of being traumatized and some of those thoughts may be crossing their heads. That's, that's something. So with that and other things in mind, including some of the things you said about the consumer decision-making process, Chris, if you could tell us, like, what are some of the steps that you teach to convert an initial call into a prospect? So, I mean, the first, first and foremost, you need to have a script, and we call it a relationship sales conversion script. So you've got to have right. a script that the intake specialist is held accountable for using without sounding scripted. And, it's, and it's, a, it's a relationship script that's built around the screening questions and the qualifying questions. And that helps the intake specialist to humanize the conversation, to use assumptive language, to redirect the call, to provide empathy and compassion, and to control the conversation and get it to conversion. So that's the first thing that you need to do. And then the next thing that you need to do is you've got to do RMFD, record monitor feedback daily. If you just did record monitor feedback daily in conjunction with a script, so you had somebody or a couple of people that were responsible for listening to the recorded prospect calls, monitoring them, and providing feedback to the team members on what worked and what the opportunities were, you will absolutely skyrocket your conversion just by doing that alone. That's the single most important thing that you can do, and it's the thing that no law firm does. Right, and that is amazing that so many people don't do these things, and they actually are kind of simple. And with the software out there, I would imagine that it's fairly simple to build a script using conditional logic. So if you say one thing, depending on whether their answer is yes or no, they can click it on the screen, it will automatically take them to the next thing to say. And then it's just a matter of rehearsal and practice becoming comfortable with the language in front of them. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and also having a leader that's holding them accountable for doing it. So if you're doing the RMFD, Record Monitor Feedback Daily, you're helping them to improve 
um, upon the areas that they're having some problems with, and you're helping them to continue to do the things right that you identify for them that they're doing right. So as long as you do that and you don't just throw them out there and say, here's the script, um, they'll get better and they'll get better and they'll get better. And that's also a form of recognition and providing support to them and respecting them. And the other really cool thing that happens when you do this is you retain the intake specialist in the career that they're already in instead of them saying, I'm just going to do this for a year or two, and then when there's another job opening here at the firm, I'm going to go ahead and do that, which usually happens. There's usually a, you know, right. you know, a lot of people leaving intake. So there's a lot of benefit to doing that. And, you know, it's really crazy to not inspect what you expect when you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars on marketing to begin with. You should be listening to your phone calls. Yeah, and I think and I think the timely feedback is helpful. And I imagine that there's like a balance that when you're a supervisor dealing with client intake staff that you have to strike between it seems like you're constantly nagging them versus it actually being a form of positive encouragement. Yeah, well you just all you want to do is just be a coach. So just be a coach right. and do some side by side coaching and grab a chair. You know, you can make it that easy and pull up, pull up next to them and just say, hey, I just heard your call. Here's, here's all the things that were amazing, and here's a couple of opportunities that you want to focus on, and here's exactly how to do it. So just do it in a positive coaching type of way and just do it on a regular basis. You can always find something positive that they're doing. So start out with the positive. Right. What I like about this, too, is that it is pretty much in real time what you're suggesting. You're suggesting you do it daily. You're suggesting you take a coaching and mentoring approach to it. Uh, I, I have a story that somebody told me once. They, uh, they were in uh, actually middle management for a company, and they had uh, had a telephone call with one of their customers that I guess their boss overheard. And um, I guess and the boss said, you know, I, I, I overheard your side of the call, and uh, I have some feedback for you, which I'll share, which I'll share with you later. And the boss kept bringing up that there was going to be feedback on this call. Six months later, I kid you not, six months later, the boss finally gave the feedback. You, you, are you ready for this? This is so not revolutionary, but something that people who have never heard it before might not think of. That person who had taken that phone call has been dealing with somebody who was aggravated. So in their aggravation, their decibels were rising. They weren't shouting, but just, you know, how you get more intense when you get aggravated. And that, per and that person who was receiving the call was also, just because they themselves were getting a little bit aggravated uh, with the aggravations being thrown at them, the, you know, saw their tonality rise a bit. The big feedback that person had to wait six months for is that when you're dealing with somebody whose decibels are rising, lower yours because it will calm them down. Yeah, exactly. So wow, yeah, wow. You, probably not, probably, you probably never heard that one before, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that, that that's exactly it. You, you Change your tone and your voice, um, check in with them, uh, do what we call singing. Singing is while you're talking to them on the phone and you're going through the screening question process. We don't want you to sound like license and registration. We want you to change the inflection and the tone of your voice as you ask the questions. 
and that's singing. But the check-in part is while you're asking your screening questions, periodically check in with that person to humanize the conversation and not make it seem like it's just all internally focused that you're trying to check off the boxes. And you can check in simply by saying things like, um, you're doing a great job. We're almost done. The next question I'm going to ask is a really difficult question, but I have to ask it. I just have two questions right. to go. You know, that sort of thing. And then always pay attention to the tone of your voice because the tone of your voice, just as you were kind of talking about a few seconds ago, can can really change everything in a phone conversation. Yeah, it can. Now, my initial point in bringing that up is um, that person told me they – they had their boss saying that they were going to give them feedback on that for six months and just kept bringing it up and bringing it up. And at the end of six months, that was their feedback. Well, they could have shared that with them right then. And to me, it could have yeah. taken the point of, hey, 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 I, I couldn't help but notice. I'm not sure what was going on with that call, but I'm guessing you probably had somebody on the other line who was a little amped up. And I, I guess that maybe their being amped up maybe got you a little amped up. So, you know, so, so here's what I would do if I, when I'm in that situation, when I get people calling me and they're kind of damned up. I found what's effective is if I just speak calmly and soothingly and I provide that leadership of bringing the tone down, that they'll follow me and then I'll be able to take a breath and we'll be able to have a calmer conversation. So next time you get somebody on the line who's feeling a little amped, just remember what I said and try toning yourself down and see if they follow you and then it makes things less aggravating and less amped. Gee, I don't think you have to wait six months for that, and I don't think that's really hard feedback for anybody to receive. Yeah, exactly, and it could have been improved six months prior, and that person could be doing a better job over and over again. I mean, the, the other thing to do, too, is, like, pause. Let them, let them vent. You know, everything that's coming out of their mouth is emotional, and they don't really realize what they're saying. So let them vent um, before you right. do any communicating at all and just pause. And then once you're able to calm them down with your tone of your voice and they do calm down, you can ask them three questions. You can say what happened, what should have happened, right. and how can I make it right. What happened? And that will help too. What should have happened? What happened? What should have happened? And how can I make it right? Exactly. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty simple. And what I would also mention here, Chris, and I, I love when we do these interviews on Business Creators Radio Show, and it's like uh, kick all these great ideas back and forth. Is I share with my with my audience that there's no such thing as the truth. And what I mean by that is there are facts that are indisputable, and we can all agree that the facts are the facts. But every person has their own individual truth that is based on their experiences, their background, their education, the feedback they've received, and how things have worked out for them as an individual that will cause them to see truth differently than other people can see it. So when you have somebody that's giving you feedback that may not be very pleasant or saying things you may not want to hear, if you can withhold judgment, and accept it, whether you agree with it or not, they are in that moment speaking from their truth and not feel that if you contradict that, that you're in some way invalidating them, that that will help facilitate the conversation where you can get to those three 
very important questions. What happened? What should have happened? And how can I make it right? Yeah, that's, so I mean the, the the big goal is to while they're going they're speaking their truth, not to be calculating in your head how you can be defensive. Right. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I myself once I discovered and went through that process of learning not to like react right in the middle of while they're saying something that the best thing you can possibly do in that circumstance is let them know that you're facilitating a space where they can say what they need to say. I found I, uh, I, I found in, in personal relationships sometimes it helps to be able to say to somebody, look, uh, I, I get a sense here that you have a frustration here, that there's something that's on your mind, and right now it really seems like uh, you're kind of vamped and it's like it's about to boil over. So what I'd like to do now is uh, right now I need you to say whatever is on your mind. Uh, or not need to, but I, I would like you to say whatever is on your mind. And I'm not going to interrupt. I'm not going to question it. I'm not going to judge it. I'm not going to say anything until you've completed everything you have to say. So whatever they need to say. And then after that, I would even check in with them and say, okay, is, is, is this everything? Have you, shared, have you shared everything that's on your mind? Everything that you think about when we're not together? Everything that's... Uh, has been gnawing at you. Do we do we have it all out now? And many times they don't. And then they'll share more. But the idea is to let them have a place where they can say everything they need to say. And then at the end, I'll say, all right, do you do you feel that you have now said everything you need to say? And yes. And do you feel that I have listened and I have heard you? Well, I, I guess. So now you've taken away that barrier and that frustration people feel that, oh, this company's not listening to me or this person's not listening to me by literally going through an exercise where that's what you do is you listen to them without judgment. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a really good strategy. That's a good strategy. And you've got to be careful that you don't step on their toes and that you do you do sit there and be quiet and let them vent. Right. Right, right, absolutely. So what I'd like to do now, and we have about a little over 20 minutes left here, time is really flying, is when it comes to mindset, how much of a role does mindset play when it comes to training your clients and their intake staff on phone techniques? Well, I mean, mindset is a really big deal. When it comes to uh, training the managing partner, um, you know, I have to get in, get into a place where I'm able to coach that person on what intake really is, um, the the humans behind the desk and what they're really doing, the intake specialists, and to make a commitment on the different steps that that managing partner needs to take going forward in order to make this training and coaching program successful. And it, it takes quite a few sessions to help coach that managing partner in that direction to see, to see the real truth about the careers that the intake specialists are in. So mindset is critical because Chris Mullins isn't going to be there all the time. And it's going to be up right. to the managing partner, for example, to be able to lead the intake specialist to success to be able to recognize them and to be positive and to comment on the good work that they're doing, not just on how they want to improve the numbers. 
So that's uh, that's not an easy process to do. It, you can be successful at it, but again, it really depends on the individual if they're open to change and they're open to changing that mindset. That's usually the very first place that we start, and if a managing partner does not want to work with us in that way, we can't work with them uh, because that's kind of the key. And then when it comes to the mindset of the intake specialist, it's, it's critically important for them to understand that they are in the help business as well as the relationship business because it's really easy for an intake specialist with all the phone calls they're taking every day, all day long, at least eight hours a day straight through. They don't even take their breaks. The phone is ringing off the hook. It's very easy for them to start to prejudge the people that they're speaking to. They start feeling things and thinking things and saying it with their tone of voice that they don't think that that person is telling the truth. They don't feel like that person really deserves Social Security disability. They don't really think that person is telling the truth about their personal injury. They're just trying to get money and get as much money as they possibly can. So they start taking it out on the client, the prospective client. So their mindset constantly has to be worked on with this exhausting job that they have where they get little to no recognition that you're in the help business. It's not up to you to decide if the person is right or wrong. This person called for help. You're there to help this person. And the only way that you can help them is handling the phone call the way that you're being coached to do it and asking the screening questions and seeing if they qualify. Right, right, right. And, you know, this is, and again, I mean, mindset, it also comes, it also can be put under the header of commitment from your sponsor because you think of that senior executive or that leader of the firm as being the sponsor of the initiative. And they have to have the mindset of understanding that working with the client intake staff and implementing these, these tactics you share with us are very important in helping them, well, grow their own practice. I mean, at some point, it comes down to you spend a million dollars on these TV ads and these social media ads and all this retargeting and these little jingles so that everybody already knows your phone number the moment they need you. But what happens after they make that phone call? Because to me, getting them on the phone is, the third, the first third of the battle, if that, I think you shared with us so much more. Yeah, and the other thing about mindset with, with the example of the managing partner is they need to um, also have the mindset of not just recognizing intake as a team or as individuals, um, that, that's one part, but they need to turn them into heroes, the heroes of the law firm with the other areas of the law firm, the other departments, with the lawyers, the investigators, the paralegals, the client service representatives. They need to talk up the intake team and promote them and market them to all the other divisions and areas of the law firm as the heroes. And the, the fact that we wouldn't have a company, we wouldn't have a firm if we didn't have the intake specialist because by doing that, you end up having an entire company and culture that's focused on intake and, and respects and understands the value of those individuals and that team and, and that group of people. They're not just the, the gals or the team in the back of the office. They're, they're absolutely very important. And so the only way that can happen is the managing partner to 
recognize them, talk about intake when they go to their sales meetings, when they're in their department head meetings, talk about intake specialists and different specialists and what they're doing, and talk to the different um, department areas, and always be positive about them, and always promote them, and always support them, and recognize them. Critically important. Well, yeah, that, that's a... Uh... And that comes down to never saying to anybody, you're just a receptionist or you're just the people who answer the phones. Because the way they answer those phones <laughs> can make or break your business. Uh, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, their formal job description probably does not cover most of what you, Chris, will teach them to do. So they would actually be in no way, shape, or form that would – uh, that would in any way persuade a government agency from fighting against them. That if they were to simply handle the call by saying, answering the phone by saying, hello, law firm. Yeah, can I speak with Chris? Yeah, one second. If that was their entire, if that was all they did, there was no government agency that would probably look at their job description and said they failed to achieve their, their stated goals they were being paid for. So all this other stuff, technically, is extra. That's my view. Yeah, and, and you know, I'll tell I'll tell you this. You know, we we listen to thousands of real recorded prospect calls, and here's you know some of the different things that we hear just by listening to the calls. You know, uh, we heard one law firm, we heard intake specialists actually say um, to the prospect, they gave them the phone number of another law firm that their friend worked at down the road because she was too busy to handle the call at that time. So, right. I mean, can, can you can you imagine that? And then, you know, another another law firm. We've got somebody talking about um, how their toes were amputated, and the intake specialist absolutely provided no empathy whatsoever, and didn't just kind of wanted to check the boxes off. So those uh-huh. are some of the things that really happen, and you can you can catch those things if you do listen to the call recordings. And the other thing, too, is holding the team accountable for using the script. I mean, Adam, I can share our five-step relationship sales conversion script with you right now. Yeah, we have Yeah, we have about eight minutes before we turn the floor over to you for a moment if you want to. Yeah, I can, I'm happy to do that. So everybody should write this down. So it's a five-step relationship sales conversion script adaptable to any business. And the very beginning starts with the welcome. So you're going to, that's your greeting. You're going to welcome that person to your business. So, you know, welcome to ABC Law Firm. This is Chris speaking. How can I help you? Question mark, pause. You wait for the answer. The person asks whatever their question is. And then we, then you go ahead and you say, I can help you with that. May I ask your name? And then you get their name. So now you can use their name throughout the conversation. And that is the first step. And then the second step is what we call the talk step. And that's where all the magic is happening. That's where the relationship is being built. That's where the prospective client is trying to decide, do I want to work with this person or don't I want to work with this person? So you're going to ask your screening questions. You're going to sing in that step. You're going to check in. But more importantly, the very first thing that you're going to do when you're on the phone and you get that call transferred to you is you're going to say, I'd like to ask you some questions to see how I can help you. Would that be okay? That is absolutely right. necessary because when you go from hello and the welcome statement 
which is really pretty, you know, wide open. We, we're not really in a level of intimacy yet. And then you go into the talk step where you're going to ask a bunch of intimate screening questions. You've got to ask permission first before you do that. And no law firm is doing that on a regular basis. They don't, they don't learn to do that. So that is one important thing that you can do in your firm and in any business. Ask permission to ask questions. And then the third step is the acknowledgement and the recommendation step. And that's also like the call to action. So you're going to say, based on what you said, blank, 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 blank. So for example, based on what you said, Mrs. Smith, this is a case that we can help you with. I'm scheduling an appointment for you for 3 o'clock tomorrow. And it's all in assumptive language. But what you're doing with step right. number three is you're acknowledging them by saying, based on what you said, the recommendation is going to be X, and it's only based on everything that you just said prior to step number three. And then step uh -huh. number four is the confirm step. And the confirm step is where you're validating them by making sure that you repeat their complete contact information. Spell everything out. Make sure you get all the phone numbers, permission for texting, all of that. So you're just double-checking all that because everybody spells their names differently and it's really easy for us to make mistakes and we wouldn't want to do that on a call like this. And then the last step is what we call like the execute step. And this is the big red bow, the Ritz-Carlton at the end. No matter what happens on the call, everybody gets the five steps. So the fifth step in the execute is the very first thing is because we appreciate them that they called us is we're going to say thank you. And then we're going to say we're going to provide assurance by saying, and Mrs. Smith, we look forward to you coming into our office tomorrow at 3 o'clock for your appointment with Attorney, Attorney Jones. That's the next step. So that's we look forward to blank, and you would fill in the blank, and I just gave you an example. And then the next step is really important. It's the verbal contract. So you're going to say, no, Mrs. Smith, if for some reason you're running behind for your appointment, would you just promise to give me a call? Question mark, pause, wait for the answer. It's not a verbal contract until they say yes. That is a huge step that I couldn't even begin to coach you on right now, but very, very important. And then after that step is what we call the final hug. Did you want to say something, Adam? Well, I just want to say I can see it, though, because you're getting their commitment to show up for the appointment, and if something happens where they're not going to show up for that appointment, to let you know they're not showing up for that appointment. And what I saw implied within that is even if somewhere between now and tomorrow at 3 o'clock they make the decision you're hiring another firm, at least they'll call you and let you know. Yeah, ex exactly right. You're exactly right. And, and the other thing is, you know, most it can also improve your no-show rate by not a guarantee yeah. but by 20% because most people were brought up that if you make a promise, you don't break it. And so most people uh -huh. are going to show up for that, for that appointment. And then after the, the verbal contract, you have what we call the final hug, and it's done in three steps. Thank you again for calling. Did I answer all your questions? Question mark, pause, wait for the answer. Is there anything else I can help you with? Question mark, pause, wait for the answer. And then the very, very last thing that you do is you say, oh, by the way, may I ask who, who referred you to us? Question mark, pause, wait for the answer. That's how you find out the source. And the reason why you want to say, who can we thank for referring you, is because 
you want them to have the mindset that your business, your firm gets referrals, and that's a positive, good thing. And then the other thing, in a roundabout way, you're letting them know, and you're going to be referring to us too. Wow. Uh, I, I'm glad I interjected there very briefly. I just didn't want to lose the whole micro-commitment thing because that's very important. But it turns out there's so much more to it. Now, if you were about to say there's one more step to this process, so what would that final step be? The final step would be, in a more advanced level, is to go ahead and repeat their emotional pain. So in the talk step, when you're more advanced, you would add an additional question and say, Mrs. Smith, what is it that got you to call today about the accident that you had? Question mark, pause, wait for the answer. So you're trying to drill down and find out what's their personal motivator, the emotional pain that got them today to finally dial that number. And then whatever they tell you, you're going to weave it in throughout the talk step so that they know that you're still on the same page and they're still hearing it back. But at the very, very end, after you get the referral information, you can say to them, you can repeat it back to them, Mrs. Smith, I want you to know that I heard you when you said that the reason you finally called today is because you and your husband have been fighting about this and putting it off over and over again. And the last two nights were the worst two nights for both of you. So I want you to know that I heard that, and I'm going to make sure that the lawyer that you're going to make with, uh, meet with knows the same thing. Wow. See, this, this is some incredible, incredible stuff. And I'm so happy uh, that we were happy to have you on the Business Creators Radio Show to share it with us today. I mean, I might have to go subscribe to my own show and listen to this one again. That's how, that's how good it is. And what I love about the synergy that you and I have in terms of the work that you do and the work that we do here at the Business Creators Institute is it's those little things that can make a big difference, which is why we speak about groundhogs that burrow beneath your foundation and can weaken or strengthen your foundation depending on how they dig. Uh, it's kind of the same thing with you. We're looking at uh, just the way we conduct these conversations and the way we use tonalities and the way we use subtleties and the way we structure our pauses and our raising and our lowering of our voice and how we use the questions to, to get certain responses that actually take the form of commitment. You put all this together. And this is very much a roadmap. I know it barely scratches the surface of what's in your book, but this right here is just great. Terrific. Absolutely. absolutely. So uh, one final question, and uh, I think we have about two, I have about two minutes for this, and then I want to turn the floor over to you because I know you have something for us, is uh, I'm going to ask a very broad question since you're the phone sales doctor. Is cool calling dead? No, cold calling is not dead. And, in fact, a lot of okay. law firms uh, do that. A lot of law firms are doing cold calling. And, and it's working out for that because in our experience, and this is why I figured I have you here, we found that it seems to be factual. A lot of the research out there is the majority of people don't answer their phones and oftentimes won't even listen to their voicemail, much less call back, unless they know the caller. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're certainly going to get that. That's going to happen because there there is a lot of abuse with some cold calling, especially when it's to consumers. Um, but, you know, for the most part, 
I mean, cold calling is not dead. It's it's a numbers game. You got to make the calls, and you're going to have more successes than you're going to have failures. Wow. See, and that and that and that's something to definitely think about, and all the more reason why what you've shared is so important. Because if you have a law firm out there making cold calls, chances are very high that those calls are going to end up on the person's answering machine or in their voicemail. So in those cases where they actually call you back, that's going to your intake staff, and that's your one at bat. So you got to get this right. Yeah, you only have one shot. Every call is gold. There are no do-overs. Yeah, and that's something to think about. Now, you uh, indicated when we and I were speaking in the green room, do you have a little something for our audience as a, as a thank you for tuning in, listening today, and discovering more about law firm conversions. So what do you have for us today, Chris? Yeah, I mean, so everybody can get a free mystery call and sales debrief with me personally, Chris Mullins. And all you have to do is go to lawfirmconversions.com. That's lawfirmconversions, plural, dot com. And even though it's um, a law firm website, it doesn't matter what business you have, just go ahead and opt in for a free mystery call sales debrief. Fill in the information as it pertains to your business. It'll get scheduled. We'll do a mystery call. Then you and I will meet, and um, I will play that mystery call for you, uh, a prospect mystery call of your business, and I will tell you everything that worked, all the opportunities, and I will absolutely tell you everything that you can do immediately on your own to fix any of the opportunities. Right. And, uh, and they can find out by what? Going to your website, lawfirmconversions.com? Yep, just go to lawfirmconversions.com, and you'll see where there's an opt-in opportunity to schedule a free mystery call and sales debrief with Chris Mullins. And like I said, even though it's a law firm website, if you're not a law firm, just still – Put in your information on the form, and that will get to us, and we'll get the appropriate mystery call done for you. Absolutely. So this has been awesome. Chris Mullins of Law Firm Conversions, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and quite an education. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was fun. All right. For everybody listening, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com where we help you win at the game of business and marketing so you thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Until next time, have a great day. Take care. All right. That was 